Thank you for joining us as we begin the week here on the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. I greatly appreciate your listenership as always, and I hope that what we talk about will be a blessing and encouragement, will be an exhortation to do more for the cause of Christ. Today, I get to share with you the account, the scriptural account of the very first gospel message that was ever preached after the Holy Spirit indwelt the Christians in the early part of Acts. We'll get to that in just a moment. I'd like you, if you would, to turn to the book of Acts in your Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, the fifth book of the New Testament. Find it there if you would. I'd like you, as we go through the majority of Acts chapter 2, to follow along with me and to really soak up this amazing account of Peter preaching a powerful message. Now, there was a lot of P's there. Peter preaching a powerful message, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ to the lost Jewish people there on one of the most international days of Jewish history. I'm excited for you to follow along with us. Before we go any further, though, I'd like to mention a gospel track called Ready to die. You know, as Peter stood before the assembled Jewish people there in Acts chapter 2, he was ready to die for what he believed. A lot of people like to pile on Peter and like to uh, make fun of the fact that he failed so many times. And though there are some lessons and some applications that can be drawn out of the Apostle Peter's life, the disciple Peter, of course, made some mistakes as I so often have, as we so often have. People like to pile on to him for the fact that he, when Jesus told him that before the cock crows, before that rooster crows three times, you will deny me. And Peter said to Jesus Christ, think of the boldness that it takes to do this. He looked at Jesus and said, no, I won't. He literally contradicted the son of God. And then what happened? Of course, Jesus was right. Peter did deny him thrice. But that same boldness by which he was willing to stand up to the son of God, he also stood before a vast multitude of people. And 3,000 were saved on this day we call Pentecost. Now, this gospel tract called Ready to Die. There was a young man about whom this gospel tract was written that was ready to die. His name was James Dunkley. He was a Marine sergeant and later an Army sergeant. And we had someone email in not long ago, an Army chaplain, who said that he read this gospel tract. It was just earlier this week. Read this gospel tract and said it is a phenomenal representation of the gospel account using the anecdote, the illustration of Sergeant James Dunkley's life. If you're unfamiliar with what gospel tracts are or maybe even how to use them and you'd like more information would you mind visiting our website, BibleTracksInc.org? You can get this gospel track, this short story of James Dunkley's, Sergeant James Dunkley's life for free. You see, that's what our ministry does. Bible Tracks Incorporated prints and distributes gospel tracks around the world for free. We do it day in and day out. We've been doing that for over eight years decades, all the way back to the time of our founder, evangelist Paul Levine. And as we dive into the account in Acts chapter 2 of Peter being ready to die for what he believed, even though just some months earlier he denied Christ loudly three times, a complete change happened in his life. And just like Sergeant James Dunkley, he was ready to die. If you'd like to know more about Sergeant Dunkley's life story and how he came 
to serve God, not only in his life, but through the story of his death, then what I'd like you to do is to go to BibleTracksInc.org. And if you don't know anything about our tracks, then order a sample packet. It'll be one each of some 35 or 40 different gospel tracks. Ready to Die will be in it. The front cover has a A soldier almost looks like he's striding out of the front cover of the gospel track. A very striking picture. I'd love for you to order one of our sample packets today. Now turn your attention to the book of Acts. Chapter number two, we are going to begin for context's sake in verse number one of Acts chapter two. We're going to look at the very first gospel, the very first Christian message preached after the Holy Spirit and dwelt the Christians in the early part of Acts. We'll read about that here in just a moment. I'll give you a little heads up. The main idea that this particular passage embodies is twofold. Number one, God's day is at hand. And friend, even though this message that Peter preached was 2,000 years ago, that message is still true. God's day is at hand. It doesn't matter what's going on across our country, across the world, in your community, even in your home. God's day is at hand. Second, the efficacy of the God-man, Jesus Christ. How powerful Jesus Christ can be and should be in your life and mine. Let's begin in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 1 says this, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. Now for context's sake, who was that all? Those were the Christians. They were all in one place in one accord. It's amazing to see what God will do with his people when they're fully in agreement. Not fully in agreement about the color of the carpet in the church or what time church should be on Sunday or any of those things. They're fully in agreement about the fact that they wanted God's power in their lives. Not for their own infamy, not for their own glory or honor, but to bring glory and honor to God. Verse number two, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. I mentioned earlier that because of the time frame, the Jewish holiday that they were observing, this was a very international spectacle. They were Jews from every nation under heaven, the Bible says in verse 5. Look at verse 6 of Acts 2. Now when this was noised abroad, this event, what happened here, the multitude came together. And we're confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Now, let's pause here for just a moment. We spoke in previous weeks, previous months, about the idea of tongues. And there are many uh, folks that have a mistaken idea about what tongues are and what their place is. Number one, God does not give the gift of tongues in this time frame, in the time frame that you and I live, I should say. But here, as a sign to the Jews, the gift of tongues was given this miracle. But it was not some unknown tongue that needed to be translated to people that could not understand it. The gift of tongues was very specifically this, the ability for a vast spectrum of people from different language groups, from different nations that spoke different languages, to be able to hear what was being said in their own tongue, but given by one speaker. 
Let me illustrate this. Peter, standing before thousands upon thousands of people from a dozen different nations who all spoke different languages, Peter spoke and God made it receivable or hearable, understandable to each of those different people. Does that make sense to you? It was not some gobbledygook. It was not some baby talk. It was not some completely foreign tongue that no one could understand, as is so often the case in the fallacy of the gift, quote unquote, of tongues that people try to talk about in this day and time frame that you and I live. No, this was a very specific thing given for this time frame. I don't want to spend the majority of our time on this, but I hope that is understandable to you. Verse number seven. And they were all amazed, as you and I would be. They were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers of Mesopotamia and in Judea, in Cappadocia, in Pontus, in Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, in Egypt, and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. And if you need more explanation there, the Bible just lays it out there. All these people heard it, wherein the tongue that they learned as a baby, as a child, their native, their heart language. They were all amazed, verse 12, and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? And then verse number 13, get this if you would, others mocking them said, these men are full of new wine. What they're saying was that these guys are drunk. It's, some, it's 9 o'clock in the morning, and these guys are drunk, and this is what gives them the ability. It's really amazing to me how easily the world can discount the workings of God. So often, the people of the world, those that are lost without the Holy Spirit indwelling them, can chalk up to coincidence the very miracles of God. Don't allow the mass media, the mainstream media, social media to discourage you in your quest to do the will of God. There will be so many that when you bring praise and honor and glory to God, will figure out how to try to, I should say, reason God's work away. And that's what these people are doing here. Verse number 14, we jump into Peter here at the very beginning, says this, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, I, I love this, imagining this in my mind, Peter standing somewhat towards the forefront here, but ringed behind him, eleven men praying for him as he speaks, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. Verse 15, for these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Of course, he hearkens back to a prophecy that was made in the Old Testament. But Peter says, hold on, folks. These young men, these people, they're not drunken. They are not full of new wine, as you suppose. This is a gift of God. This is a miracle of the God that you proclaim that you believe in, and yet you are faithless towards right now. Imagine the boldness that it took to stand before the Jews of every kindred, every tongue, every nation under the world at that time, and to say, you're all wrong. 
you don't know what you're talking about. Let me set you straight. Let's go back to the prophet Joel for just a moment. Verse number 17, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams and on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. We're going to hit the pause button here today. We're going to jump into his uh, discourse, his uh, answering of the derision that these Jewish people tried to level against these people who were simply serving God. I'm going to ask you, if you would, to join us all this week as we look at this very first gospel message ever preached after the Holy Spirit came. God bless, and thank you for being a part of the broadcast today. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him. <music>